financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayum. Well, Jeff, thanks for hanging in there with me. Well, you you talked rolling recession. I really that just made me upset, but we're we're working through it. Well, we talked about the rolling recession because it has an effect on the job market. Mm-hmm. And the job market is really important to people. You know, will you keep your job? Will you be able to find a new job? Did you just graduate with a degree and you're hoping to get work in that field? Mm-hmm. So these are things you need to be aware of. All right, so where will the jobs be in the next let's say, three to six months. Let's go out that far just for fun. Okay. Okay. So, you know, some of these industries are going to have a tougher time than others. That's due to this rolling recession we just talked about. Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a job in the housing market or whatever, right, if that market is affected, well, that affects what they can pay. And so jobs might get a little tighter. And the other thing that really affects it is the number of people looking for that that Mm -hmm. amount, that kind of work. Yeah. Excuse me. The other thing that really affects it is people looking for that kind of work. It's a supply and demand situation. There's different data if you look at LinkedIn or mm-hmm. if you look at the U.S. Uh, Labor Bureau of Statistics. Okay. But they both point in the same direction. And I'm going to break this into three categories. Where things are really tight for employers, where they're a little looser for employers, and where, you know, it's a, an employer's market. Okay. Uh, so think of this like buying a house where we say it's a buyer's market. Mm-hmm. Right, so there's an employer's market and there's an employee's market. So, according to LinkedIn again, they have identified certain industries where it's where the employers are having an easier time filling jobs. It's just easier for them to find people because there's enough people looking for that work, and so they don't need to give a lot of bonuses or uh, incentives to hire people. Like we've all seen these signs, you know. $1,000 bonus for applying for... Uh, I see that all the time for nurses in nursing. I see all the time bonuses available for that. The area where I think they would have a harder time, and you can let me know if I'm right, is um, teachers. It seems like we're always short of teachers. <laughs> so that's very interesting because one of the things that LinkedIn says, they have an, this is exactly what I wanted to talk about. One of the things that LinkedIn says that they have an easier time filling jobs is in uh, education. That is so interesting because all the stories that I've done recently, you know, from Western Mass is that they're having a really hard time filling those roles because the pay is so poor and the fact that these teachers are not allowed to strike to get better contracts. So paraprofessionals and people that are working in education, they can't find people to fill the roles for the pay that they're offering them. So that's really interesting. Well, it's interesting, but it's also, I'm using this as as a point. You know, you have to think for yourself. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn can say all they want that, you know, employers are having a much easier time filling jobs in government administration, in education, in consumer services. It's because the applicants are outweighing the job openings. Mm -hmm. But remember, this is LinkedIn. That doesn't mean it's that way in the real world everywhere. Right, right, right. If you talk, you know, if you talk to any professor or anybody at a college right now, they will say exactly what you were saying. Oh, my gosh, we, we can't get good people. We, you know, nobody wants to keep this job. We're losing teachers like crazy. Mm-hmm. But LinkedIn's data still shows that that's still an employer's market. Okay. Do with that will, okay? Now, so where, what is moderately tight? So a moderately tight area is, are things like technology, entertainment, 
um, retail and financial services. Mm -hmm. This is where a job applicant will have an easier time finding the job. And they, they, um, employers are going to need to have to really offer some incentives. They're going to have to step up their game a little bit Mm -hmm. to get these people. Okay. And then the the extremely tight area uh, is where it's a real employee's market. The employers just can't fill these jobs fast enough, just like you were talking about teaching. Mm -hmm. They just can't get good people fast enough, right? And that means that the employees hold the cards. Okay, what industries are those in? So that's, oh, healthcare, oil and gas, uh, anything that has to do with health, like hospice. Uh, those kinds of areas are really difficult to uh, have in, for employers to fill. And the biggest one, I think, which is maybe because of coming out of a pandemic and everybody reinventing their businesses, mm-hmm. but anything that has to do with accommodations, restaurant, hotel, those areas cannot get people to fill those jobs. Now, again, it might be because they're not paying enough. Well, guess what? At some point where you can't get employees to work for you that are reliable and talented, you're going to have to start paying more money. Well, yeah, and then with the minimum wage going up to to what it is, it's it's even harder for especially small businesses. Well, that's right. So, you know, we these things are always so intricately tied together. I could say, look, if you're looking for a job, put that in your pocket and say, I'm going to go to one of these places mm-hmm. that is having a hard time hiring people, and I'm going to say I'm available, I'm talented, I'm reliable, but I can't work for that money. You're going to have to pay me more. And that might work for you. It really might work for you. That might be a tip to people right now. Yeah. But you have to recognize that on the other side of this, if restaurants and hotels have to start charging, have to start paying their help more, they will have to start charging more or trimming their expenses in some way. So when I say these things are all intricately tied, what I mean is this. You're somebody who goes and gets a job at a restaurant and you manage to get good pay. Mm -hmm. But the restaurant has to raise their prices. Right. Now, you have to eat. Now, you might not have to eat at that restaurant, but in general, you know, that's a cycle. Yeah, that's what's going on throughout the industry. Chances are if you go out to eat somewhere, you're paying more for your meal because they're having the same problem as your employer did. That's right. And so this is the kind of cycle that I say, you know, try to break this into uh, layman's terms, into real speak, so that instead of turning on the news and hearing, we're in a rolling recession, and either saying, oh, please stop talking about that, or it's not going to affect me, or I'm trying to figure out what the heck a rolling recession is, oh, it's not in my industry. Mm-hmm. You need to be aware of that even if we're not in a real recession, right, if we're not in a broad recession, some of these pockets that are having that are taking a bit of a hit here, like the housing market, are going to affect pretty much all of us. Right. And they will affect, you know, by extension, your retirement dollars or your ability to, to gather any retirement dollars if you're just starting off and you're trying to save. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it simple? No. No matter how much we put this into layman's terms, this is not a simple topic. But, you know, there's, a, there's so many things to look at. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics says there's two jobs open for every one applicant. LinkedIn says it's one-to-one. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because as you said, sometimes the information you get and then real world seem different. Like for the past, I don't know, six months or whatever, it seems like there's been so many jobs out there. But I I know a number of people that have applied to a lot of these jobs and they don't even get responses. Like 
they might wow. be posting them, but they don't get responses. And that's not just one person. That's numerous, numerous people. So I think real world, um, you can kind of tell. Like, the, like teachers in this area, they can't seem to keep them. But nurses completely agree with the statistics and, and waiters and waitresses because you see all the time in the restaurants you go into, help wanted, help wanted. And I know my sister's a nurse, and they have um, a huge problem getting aides and CNAs in there that are reliable and that will stay. So it seems like it does match up somewhat, but you, you have to have that real-world uh, experience as well. Well, I think you're right. And, and you know, when we try to, when I, whenever I talk about things like this, I try to tell you what I think is ahead. Again, mm-hmm. I'm just one opinion, right? It's just, just me, my well, opinion. It's a knowledgeable but, opinion, though. Well, I appreciate that, but still, I, I like for people to do their own research and think for themselves, and I'm happy to add to that mix. So there might be three or four uh, areas, you know, industries that are sort of recession-proof, mm-hmm. um, and Rand Guy had mentioned them, the guy from Lincoln that I talked about, and he says it's government, utilities, education, and consumer services. And I would agree with that, except the education part. I'm not sure that the education, from my own opinion, is quite recession-proof. I think, I think that there's a lot of stuff boiling up about education these days, and we're in for some changes on that front. Com- completely agree, and I would, I would substitute nursing and healthcare for education, because it seems like if you're a nurse, yeah. you can find a job anywhere, or a doctor. I think that you're right about that. So, <laughs> Jess Tyler, the money doctor, I love it. Uh, <laughs> So, overall, despite how healthy the labor market has seemed lately, I think most economists think we are headed for a broader recession in the future, still ahead. We're not there. But I think the reason we're talking about this rolling recession, in part the reason I'm talking about it, is to help prepare people for this. You know, I don't expect any major downturn immediately to to impact the labor markets, but stuff is happening. You know, we need to we need to be aware of it. And, you know, we are still in a good position right now, but there is some cooling. We see it. We feel it. It's in the news. And if the labor market continues to, you know, be great, okay, then the feds will respond a certain way. But I I think this back and forth that we've had in the last week or two about whether uh, the labor market moving in this direction will inspire the feds to ease up on their their tightening measures Mm -hmm. or whether, in fact, they are gearing up for longer inflation, uh, you know, that's a ping-pong match. <laughs> Which way is this going? I, who knows? Well, so, I think that you bring up a good point that you've brought up on, you know, on many shows that, you know, as much as you want to kind of ignore this stuff, you have to be looking at where you're invested in and in diversification, uh, you know, which is sometimes it's easier to just kind of let it ride and not worry about it, but now's the time to kind of really be looking at it. Well, it's always easier to let it ride and not worry about it. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's a lot easier to do that and put your head on the pillow at night if you're diversified. Mm. So if you've got one focal point right now, it should be, okay, something's going on in the market. It's a time for me to review my stuff. And if I need to get help with that, I'll get it. But in the end, I want to make sure that I'm comfortable with my accounts uh, or my growth rate or my protection level mm-hmm. if these things come down the pike. That's it. Yeah, eggs in more than one basket, as you say. Yes. And, but sometimes if you put your eggs in a basket and you carry it very carefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes, it doesn't, 
sometimes it doesn't always work out for you. You know, you got to crack a few of those eggs every now and then yeah. uh, in order to make this in order to make this work. And that's the diversification. You can be too safe and you can be too risky. Find a safety point in the middle. Well, it's always a good time to, to have a financial coach to help you through all of this stuff. And let's get your phone number for people to call to uh, be able to answer questions one-on-one and, and help out with this stuff. Absolutely. It's 413-773-3333. And you can check out HugYourMoney.com. We will be back again next Saturday with another edition of Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, right here on WHMP. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff.